Liverpool FC champions of the Premier League, Arjen Robben makes a shock return to football, German football is finished, and the European Cup, what would have happened according to us. I am Matthijs and with me is Rory. Welcome to episode 4 of the Dutch and Scots Sportscast. Thank you all for tuning in to our fourth episode. Hopefully you enjoyed our third podcast. We would normally aim to release one every Monday. However, yesterday Matthias celebrated his 22nd birthday, old man, and therefore we had to postpone <laughs> to episode four by a day. Let's get into it now with the current news. Around the world, the football news keeps on coming in, and therefore the corona news keeps on coming in. Uh, so we'll be taking a look at the most notable football news from this week and uh, yeah to start off with it we've got the obvious one Liverpool are the champions of England yeah it took them only the 30 odd years to get another Premier League title but they have finally done it and it's again Chelsea FC who makes another team champions of the Premier League by beating Manchester City at home I mean, I've seen a, a joke that uh, Lampard's won more Premier League for than Gerrard has. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite an interesting uh, statistic. This um, you have to feel for for Gerrard though. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, I mean, I have a controversial opinion. I never. I mean, he was a good leader. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I guess in his peak with Liverpool when I was younger, I was a bit more on the Man U side with Fergie in charge, etc. So, ah, fair enough. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always kind of preferred Man U, so I didn't really like Gerard, and obviously now he's a Rangers manager, and I'm not a big fan of Rangers, so yeah, true. not a huge fan of him. I had the influence from my dad, who was um, a ah, Liverpool supporter in his youth, and also a big Gerard supporter because of you know his uh, his skill on the field as a leader and as a leader yeah. of the team. Um, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not yeah. doubting he was a good player, don't get me wrong, but I just, yeah, preferred other midfielders like Scholes and Lampard. Yeah, I can imagine. But going back to the champion, the championship that they just got, I mean, well-deserved, expected. Um, yeah, like nothing to, to really say about it. Yeah, I mean, they played good football. Uh, it would be interesting to see what happens from here, what sort of manager club will be. Mm-hmm. Whether they'll be able to continue with success or they will just start to fade away, will they get become predictable and teams will figure out how to play against them? We'll need to see. But uh, yeah, they're doing well. Uh, good win. Good yeah. league win for them. Uh, and there is probably still some improvements they'll need to do over the the summer. Uh, it was probably helped by, you know. Guardiola's Man City didn't perform to the standard and there wasn't really anyone else that was going to compete for the title this year for Liverpool. Um, so there probably is still some upgrades they've done, maybe another centre-half and some midfielders, but all in all. Yeah, it will be exciting win. to see um, who they sign because yeah. Yeah, the Premier League is still quite a few games away from being finished. So yeah. who knows what will happen still. Um, I see that link to Valley resounding victory so yeah ah good one for them don't get me wrong but uh, yeah the link to Koulibaly I've seen that yeah I've seen, I've seen it as well it could be a good signing for them like a very strong and defensive uh, minded player yeah definitely um, he'd be good and in, in the midfield they need to get one or two in. yeah that's um, the, only, the only area where I'd see um, 
that they need to improve the the midfield there needs to be another like very world-class defensive midfielder yeah especially if i mean i mentioned earlier that um we'd see if teams learn to adapt to play against them because it's happened with so many other you know great teams that have won titles they they, they continue to play the same style of football and if teams figure out to beat that football and they start losing games so they probably do need another midfielder because at the minute their style of play doesn't really incorporate the midfield at all yeah for sure so yeah, yeah they need a one i mean when alex oxley chamberlain can start in the midfield that's when you know that <laughs> they can maybe do with another midfielder somewhere don't know who though no um, no clue either maybe uh maya from dynamo zagreb yeah he's a good player they've got they could go for i think they should go for a young kind of uh, a young player that's coming through at the minute at a club and kind of mould them into their own. Yeah, definitely. They need they need some improvement, but um, as you said before, right now I don't really see anyone being a big challenge challenger for them. Um, like we've mentioned before, Chelsea could be an interesting um, foe, but who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it depends as well. Guardiola's got a record of stepping down once it starts going away from him, so. There's every chance that he might step down over the summer. Um, if he doesn't, obviously he, there's always a risk that Man City will be a challenge for them because Man City probably do have the best squad, even though they just lost Sani mm-hmm. to Bayern Munich. They still have the best squad and next season they're not playing Champions League football, so they'll have all the focus in the league. Also true, yeah. So And, and a lot of money to spend, let's not forget. And a hell of a lot to spend of course so uh, it depends as well if Guardiola steps down who do they get into the place and if Guardiola stays can he keep can he bring back last season's magic we need to see um, but Man City are always a risk Chelsea are looking good they're making some good signings at the minute yeah yeah for sure other teams still have a lot to do um, I mean I know man you're a bit of a laughing stock but <laughs> they haven't been bad last night they played very good football Bruno Fernandes has really made a difference to that team He's... Like he's so good, and it's it's quite quite scary to play against him. I think because his technique and his his vision, his passing, and also his his finishing, his shooting. It's he is so well yeah. rounded, and it's it's so scary. Definitely, he's a fantastic player. So I think that Fernandez, obviously Pogba is he's played better now with Fernandez beside him. It's almost as if he just did a, a you know another creative outlet, so the two of them could link up. Mm-hmm. Um, the link to Jaden Sancho, which would be huge. Oh, yeah. And beyond that, I mean, if De Gea made some, De Gea's lost his confidence. Yeah. He has for a while now. So if they get the old De Gea back or they sign a new goalkeeper to play in there, then Manu could potentially challenge. That was the other thing I wanted to mention about Chelsea. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think they could let them down is their goalkeeper, Ariza Balaga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The oh, most expensive goalkeeper Kepa. in the world, isn't it? Yeah, but he's awful. Uh huh. Now, I mean, I agree. He's um he's not been performing very well, and it's he has certainly has the, the assets to be a world class goalkeeper, but it's just not not showing, and it's quite strange. I mean, I wasn't aware of the stats until I've got a friend of mine who was going on about how bad he was, and I didn't believe him at first. I thought I thought it was all right, but he's he's got some pretty poor stats. One goalkeeper that could uh, replace him is Dubrovka. Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle goalkeeper, yeah. Whenever yeah. I mean, I don't really uh, watch a lot of like full um, Newcastle games, but whenever I watched match of the day, um, 
I mean, I know that many people in the Netherlands do, and the the highlights were always just like centered around him. And yeah. he's he's been such a good goalkeeper, and I was like like surprised that I'd never heard about him before. I have no yeah. clue where he's played before he went to Newcastle. Um, but but he's, he's been very good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been very impressive, honestly, and um, I'm very impressed by his performance over the last season. So and he could probably do a job for Chelsea alongside uh, the other player, the other goalkeeper. I, I thought that could maybe fit in there would be Andre Onana. You'll know ah, a bit more yeah, about him. Yeah, yeah, I I can imagine him leaving this year. I know that um, I think it was last week that the Ajax supporters made a banner. Um, they showed it off during the training, and it was Onana, please stay. Pretty much, that's what it came down to. And he was right. posing next to it with his thumbs up. Ah, okay. So. But uh, honestly, it means nothing in the world of football. Yeah, you never know. You do. You never know. But he's another option for Chelsea. But you never know. They might get the best out of Kepa. But uh, that's only a weak spot in there. Yeah. But yeah, there's a few clubs that could challenge them, of course. There's a worrying, um, well, not really worrying, I'm kind of hoping they get it, but uh, Newcastle potential money. They've got uh, yeah, the, the potential the, the, rich owners, the, the Arabs. <laughs> so there's obviously Newcastle that could potentially turn around with that. Spurs are always a threat. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't see Leicester mounting a challenge or anything like that. But there's, there's a few clubs that could challenge Liverpool next year, so I do think they still need to improve. They can be, get complacent about it and just accept it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so the next point we've got is, uh, well, today it's been announced that Wigan have went into administration. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the team that I remember from uh, winning the FA Cup. Um, was it against Manchester City and being in the Premier League for a while? And after struggling a lot, even going down to League One? And mm-hmm. another notable player that I know that played for them, uh, Will Grigg. Yeah, yeah, they had, um, they had Sean Maloney for a bit as well. Yeah. Had, they, they, I remember them from their days in the Premier as well. They were, they were, I mean, it's a surprise, sad to see this sort of thing. I and mean, it's a shame when there's clubs like Wigan who are going into administration and Bath FC have sort of crowdfund. Uh, crowd raiser just to take part in the playoff games etc mm-hmm. and yet there's teams in the Premier League who are talking about making 50 million pound moves yeah the the inequality in, in English football is is very big and especially for teams like like Wigan right now in this yeah. situation it's it's just sad exactly uh, it's, it's a shame obviously I had last year as well to Barry was it yeah, Barry, Barry, Barry. I don't know how, how Barry, you say it. Exactly, yeah, they, but... they folded last season. Yeah, so... and there will probably be like another Phoenix club. Um, as that's what they call them. But still, yeah. you have to start from scratch. And for the for the people that have supported the team all their life, I mean, there were these videos of, of like elderly men crying. It just breaks yeah. your heart. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, it's, a, it's something that the, the fans of the big clubs have never really had to think about, but. I mean, as a fan of a small club myself, you do always think that what bad turn and yeah, yeah it, could all, it could all go wrong very fast. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not as easy as other clubs have it. I mean, Scotland at the minute there's a kind of worrying, um, so but worrying for clubs like I will even say Morton up to other stage. Uh, there's a lot of clubs who are coming out of the leagues and the you know the the, the lower leagues of Scottish football. Mm-hmm. They're getting fairly rich winners. And they're starting to invest, and they're they're really pushing up at the moment. Edinburgh City and Cove Rangers are the two that 
you can point out, but there's also Kelty Hearts, Brora Rangers, BSC and Darvel FC who are all making really big money moves for the level they're in. And the ambition that they're, they're, they're chairman, etc. showing kind of worrying for clubs that have been stagnating in the lower leagues of Scottish football. Yeah, yeah, like because, teams that have been in the, in the same league for ages, you mean? Yeah, because clubs, like, you know, if you've been in League One for the last 10 years or Martin, who haven't been high on the championship for coming 30 years now is, is you know this well with Morton I know it's a bit different with a lot of financial issues at the start of the millennium but for some mm-hmm. clubs who've been stuck in League 1 for the last you know, 10 years and they're not really showing the ambition to try and push for the championship these yeah. clubs are coming up and they're pushing for the premiership it's they're going to be it's very interesting yeah yeah and I think it's going to happen all across Europe that sort of thing mm-hmm um, but yeah, anyway, on to the next point we've got, which is uh, Dutch legend, ex-PSV, ex-Chelsea, ex-Bayern Munich star Iron Robin has made a shock return to football. He's yeah. going to join his favourite boyhood club, FC Groningen. Yeah, he's he's come back to the Netherlands and um, it's a, a transfer that no one really expected to happen. Um, they've kept it quiet very well. Um from what I've read is that the FC Groningen directors traveled to Munich where he still lived at that point in May this year to, you know, um, just have a talk with him and see if he'd still be up for it. And eventually, apparently he was, and he decided to, to come back to the Netherlands to play for FC Groningen. It's, um, it's a commendable move. I imagine he's taking a pay cut. Yeah, probably. Um, from what I've read is that he's not really going to, you know, be on a big wage. And imagine being like a, a young Dutch player playing for FC Groningen and just being in the same uh, same dressing room as ever Arjen Holbe, who is like the one of the most notable players in in Dutch football, like especially the yeah. past like twenty years. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's it's quite a surprise. I imagine he'd still do a turn for them. He'll probably. I don't imagine he'll play all the games, but he'll. No, You'd like still the, be able to some. yeah, yeah. I've I've been reading a lot about it on on Twitter and you know on on social media as well. Like, um, what will he what will he perform? Well, like, will he play every game? Which I I doubt he will, because he's still like an older man and he has a, a very intense history of injuries. Yeah. So, but if he plays, um, I mean, he could really elevate them to to a higher level and um. Uh-huh. Like the players around him are, of course, not going to be the same as the players he had around him at Bayern München, but he's still like his class would be so much higher than than all the others, and his professionalism as well. He could just, you know, teach the other players a few lessons here and there, and he could be very important for them. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge move. The experience alone will be massive for them. Yeah, and not, um... not just like the experience, because also in when it comes to marketing. Um, the the club have already sold more season tickets than they had last year and um just put it into contrast uh, contrast with the whole situation right now with corona like nobody knows um when people will be allowed back in the stadiums yeah so it's, yeah. it's quite impressive i mean yeah i mean people flock to see him kind of play back at his home club yeah yeah because he he started there when he was um very young um, he made his debut um, in the Eredivisie at FC Groningen when he was 16. But then um, when he was 18, he already moved to PSV. Uh, yeah. 
um, it was kind of uh, like a, a debate between whether he'd be going to FC Groningen or whether he'd be going to PSV after his stay at uh, Bayern München. And then people were kind of surprised that he decided to, you know, just quit altogether. And now he's he's done this. Yeah. I mean, PSV don't need him, though, do you? I mean... Would they get, would they get a game for you? Uh, I mean, I think so. Um, right now, it's quite unsure because we, we're getting a new coach. Um, and we'd had... Uh, Bruma, who played at Galatasaray before, and um, Red Bull Leipzig, but he's been very underwhelming in the season. And then we have uh, Ritsu Doan, which is a, a Japanese winger, but he's also been very underwhelming. And then a few younger players from the academy, and then uh, Bergwijn, who obviously left, was there before. So yeah. I'd, I'd see him getting quite a few games if he's, if he's fit. But... I mean, I guess he's, he's probably, he said in the video that he doesn't fully know how fit he'll be at the time. Mm-hmm. He'll work for it and stuff. So he's yeah, so it's, it's not even been completely decided yet that he's going to, to play. It's not, He's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to, to try um, to play. Um, like, I cannot imagine that he's not going to play a, a game at all because I think it'll all be fine in the end because it, you've seen the man's body. I mean... Nah, he's not exactly throwing loads away, has he? No, no, no. And he's been he's been uh, you know consistently training, and he even uh, a few months ago started training at the Bayern München um, like training facilities just uh-huh. to you know keep fit. And yeah, it was kind of maybe like a prelude to you know the getting to FC Groningen again. But yeah, who knows? We'll have to yeah. wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's a good move for me, I think. Yeah, yeah, both experienced um, player and marketing-wise. Exactly. So, um, on to the next part of news we've got, and that's uh, the Bundesliga is over. Yeah, the the German football in the Bundesliga 1 and the Bundesliga 2 has come to an end. Um, We've talked about it before. The the top of the Bundesliga finished, unsurprising, with uh, FC Bayern winning the league. Yeah. And um, the the excitement was in in the tail though in the bottom, um, where very renowned club, traditional club Werder Bremen, were on the brink of relegation as seventeenth, uh, and they needed uh, a victory over FC Cologne or Cologne in their last game. Uh, their rivals for relegation, Fortuna Düsseldorf, were sixteenth. And 16th position in the Bundesliga means uh, a playoff relegation for relegation, pretty much, with the, the team that finished third in the second Bundesliga. They were away to Union Berlin, who were already safe, pretty much had nothing to play for. And they lost Fortuna Dusseldorf 3-0 away to Union Berlin. And shockingly, Werder Bremen won 6-1 at home to Cologne. And managed to finish 16th and get the relegation playoff. Therefore, Dusseldorf being relegated. Yeah, I seen the the second. That was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, no one really expected it. And then in the league below, um, Armenia Bielefeld they won the league. Um, they've been com- They they come back to the Bundesliga for the first time in 10 years, I think. Uh, and then you had uh, Stuttgart who finished wow. second, who are also getting promoted. And then the battle for third place, which is that relegation playoff place, was between HSV, 
and Heidenheim. And last week, the game Heidenheim Haas V was played, where Heidenheim managed to beat Haas V 2 1 with a goal in the very last minute, which meant that Heidenheim were going um, over Haas V, which meant oh. Heidenheim in third. Then last weekend, it was Heidenheim away to Armenia Bielefeld. Bielefeld already uh, being crowned champions a few weeks ago. And Haas V were at home to SV Sandhausen, who were 14th, 13th, had nothing to play for. You can already imagine what happened. Yeah. Heidenheim, away to Armenia Bielefeld, lost 3-0. They had a terrible game. Um, Haas V didn't capitalize on this at all, losing at home to Sandhausen. One to five. One five one, thanks. Yeah, to to ha uh, to Sandhausen and the to just rub some more sand in the wounds. Um, in the last minute, um, Sandhausen scored uh, their fifth goal, and it was scored by a guy who played for HSV for a season or three four, um, an attacker, and didn't score in all those seasons. Ah. So now the relegation playoff will be between uh, Werder Bremen and Heidenheim. Um, and I'm, I'm not quite sure when they will be played, but um, I'm expecting Werder Bremen to pull it off. It'll be interesting if Heidenheim do win it. And then they've got two new teams in the Bundesliga. I've been there in a while. Yeah, Heidenheim have, have never been in the Bundesliga either. And um, Arminia Bielefeld um, have not been in the Bundesliga for a while. And then Stuttgart are a very renowned and traditional club who... Uh, who many would agree deserve to be in the Bundesliga. Same with Haas, uh -huh. of course. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But the the whole like end of the Bundesliga was very very dramatic. Yeah, there's a few teams in the um, the second Bundesliga who kind of are almost traditional Bundesliga clubs. Obviously, you got Stuttgart, um, Hamburger, uh, Hanover. Hanover, of course, yeah. Uh, St. Pauli. Also, and then you have the team that finished uh, 16th, Nuremberg. Nuremberg, yeah. yeah. So they also have to play a relegation playoff, but then the, the league below still need to play two games, so it's not been decided yet who are they going to play. Uh-huh. But no, the, so, yeah, the German like... football finished in a, on a very dramatic way. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly seems to, which is interesting anyway. Mm -hmm. Um... They have to make up for excitement, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, that's happened. So the next on our, um, on our list here is the Typho shown by the Zenit St. Petersburg fans. I don't know if you've seen it, but... Um, I doubt it was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's very, very creative. And um, if you don't know what we're talking about, we posted it on our Twitter account. So if you want to see it, you can look it back there. But it was basically um, a guy just a, a big banner, a guy holding this virus. And I mean, I can read Cyrillic, but I don't know what it means. Um, below it says Vijam or something. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of like the, the smoke, the green smoke comes out of the of the little coronavirus thing. And it's, it just looks very cool. And it becomes a football. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, the way it It's creative. It is very creative, and it's uh, and it's gone around the internet, and many people have have said something about it. Yeah, yeah, it was a really, really cool typo. Uh, one of the most impressive I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the next step, the next thing we've got here is uh, the returns of Dutch and Scottish football. Is there any updates in the Netherlands? Yeah, so to just simply keep it short, um, from September, the the Dutch league is set to restart with uh, a certain amount of people being allowed into the stadiums. Um, not completely full, but it's like they're going to start with a 30% and maybe an increase to 50%. And one of the most interesting things is that you're not allowed to shout or sing. Oh. So that would like increase, that would apparently increase the chance of spreading the virus. So that's the only weird thing about the, the whole measure right now. That's interesting. Even if you're wearing a mask. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Because here in the Netherlands, it's not, you don't have to wear a mask when you're outside. Like uh, only, you only have to wear a mask in public transport. Oh, okay, okay. Same here, to be fair. Mm-hmm. You're recommended to wear one, but in public transport, you have to. Here, it's looking like football will be back in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, regarding crowds, we've not got any official word on that, but it is looking likely that we'll be able to get crowds back in. According to the recent stats, Scotland's on track to get rid of the the, the disease by the end of the summer. Obviously, that's not incorporating us opening back up for tourism and people traveling, etc. So, hopefully, we're having a low enough R rate that we can um, accept people in the stadiums and, you know, we'll be able to actually go to the football again. I think everyone needs it. But the official competition goes back in October. Whether the promotion relegation thing has happened, we're still not sure of. Oh. The court case started at 11 a.m. today. So hopefully by next week I'll have official word on what's happened. Um, the other thing is the Betfred Cup, which normally starts in July with the group stages. Mm-hmm. That has been that that's now up for debate on whether they cancel it, go ahead with it, or the other option is that clubs can make up their own mind whether they want to take part or not. Uh, okay. So, obviously, if a club is having trouble in terms of finances and players, they can opt out of taking part in the Betfred Cup. Mm-hmm. But that's the official start date for that hasn't been decided yet. So, again, as soon as I know I'll be able to say on here, but um, there has been no official word regarding it yet. All right. And they'll probably be friendlies, etc. Yeah, I can imagine. That will probably happen soon here as well. Yeah, I can't see them not having friendly, so... But, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. It's uh, hard to predict the future, but it's uh, easier to just wait. Well, exactly. Hopefully it all opens up soon. No, we'll both go to the football. Everyone needs it, I think. So, in the next segment, we're going to discuss a bit about uh, fictional Euros minute the European Championships are meant to be going ahead and um, we're just going to talk a bit about what we think would have happened um, had it went ahead and maybe some early predictions for next year's tournament where it's obviously been delayed till mm-hmm. um, so a quick run through of the groups and I'll ask you who you think would win each of the group whether they would have finished anyway Matthias so uh, group A had Turkey Italy Wales and Switzerland yeah, already I think that's quite an interesting group. It looks a challenging group as well. Um, I mean, if there was an obvious one to point out as the group winner, 
you would say Italy. But then second place, um, I could see uh, either Turkey, Wales, or Switzerland get it. What about you? Uh, again, yeah, Italy. They are a good qualification campaign, so I wouldn't have been surprised to see them win it. Um, mm -hmm. As for second, probably Switzerland. Um, yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of good young talent. Wales, I think they had their they had their peak. The uh, thing is, doesn't play enough anymore. Bale doesn't really play for Real very much. Yeah. Uh, same goes Ramsey, Juve. They've got. They they had a, they had a good run, obviously, but I couldn't see them do it again. So I'd probably say Switzerland, then Turkey, then Wales last. Yeah, shall we agree on on Switzerland second? Yeah, yeah, I'm up for Switzerland second. Yeah, let's uh, let's go run down the the bracket with that after then. Yeah. Uh, so Group B, we have Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. Yeah, once again, it's um, quite an interesting group. Uh, out of this one, um, you'd probably say Belgium is, is the best team. Um, yep. Then on second place, for me, would be Denmark. And Finland is kind of like a, like a bit of a dark horse for me. Um, oh. Because I, I don't really... I don't really know much about them, but I could see them, you know, just cause a shock upset because it's like their first Euros. Uh, you the know, only player I know for Finland, I think, at the minute is Kamara. A Timo Pukki? A Timo Pukki and Kamara. Kamara yeah. plays for Rangers. I think also um, the Bayer Leverkusen goalkeeper is Finnish. Uh, Hideki? Yeah, I think he's Finnish. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, it's, huh? uh, it's an interesting team because... Uh, like there's there's some names that you're like oh, okay so that guy's finish, but yeah. Uh, again, yeah, the game Belgium top. Uh, Russia had a good run in the cup, but um, yeah, again could they do it again? Not sure. Some good players like Golovin, etc. But I would probably agree with you. Denmark second, and then we a toss up for third or fourth. Yeah, Russia and Finland. Yeah. Group C, uh, we have. Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and then the playoff winner of either Group B or A. Path A would be Bulgaria versus Hungary and Iceland versus Romania. Mm -hmm. Path D would be Georgia versus Belarus and North Macedonia versus Kosovo. Yeah, that's. So uh, I'll ask you first: Who do you think would be the playoffs? From from these countries, I probably see, um, like from Path A, Romania, and from Path D, um. I guess Kosovo because Pavdi is quite an interesting one because it's all the, you know, the from the European uh, Nations League. Is that what is what? Yeah. what is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the lowest the lowest pot, and yeah, it's it's quite a challenging one there. But um, yeah, Path A, I think Romania. Romania, really, not Iceland. I think Romania. Yeah. The NBA Iceland have had some pretty good runs recently. I know, but I, I just think Romania will will etch uh will etch them out. I think Romania would be would certainly be a challenge. So yeah. it'd be between Romania and Iceland. Yeah, and then from D, uh, it had it has to be Kosovo. I mean, I take it that path A find a winner, path D find a winner, then the two winners play each other, and the winner of that game goes in to the group. Well, the the it's not been decided yet because um, Group F can also have like A or D. Okay. 
Ah, so, okay, okay, okay. So for this one, it's not been decided yet. So it's like they kind of just grab them all together. Well, I'll ask you as a Dutchman then. Who would you like? Um, then give me Kosovo. Kosovo, of course. If, if I had to choose between like the the better teams or the the worst teams, like co co uh, coefficient wise, right? This is not you know, so Kosovo. Yeah, yeah. So out of the three that are already in the group, what's your think? Um, I'm not as like you know the the group can be quite challenging because Ukraine and Austria are like both um decent enough teams. I I I'd hope I'd think we should be able to finish top. And then second place, I'll give Ukraine. Okay. I think um, yeah, the the Ukrainian team can be quite good, but I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna go Austria top, Ukraine second, everyone third. What? <laughs> no, I can't. I'd go for. Uh, I think obviously the Dutch will win that group. Can't see is not be mm -hmm. a bit of a disaster if you didn't. Uh, um, like the excitement was building so much and then uh. yeah <laughs> Ukraine I'm trying to think who the Ukrainians have Yarmolenko at West Ham I know Zinchenko for City Zinchenko uh, the Austrians have Alaba yeah um, got? Salazar yeah the, they probably have Salabar like, uh, Salabar Sabitzer so yeah, that's one. That got got Campbell. Oh, Kevin Campbell, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably, it'd be a toss up, but I'd, I'd quite like to see Ukraine, obviously Eastern European. We're quite nice to see a few Eastern Europeans go quite far. Yeah. Um, so I'd say Ukraine. Group D is an interesting one. You got England, Croatia, the playoff <laughs> winner for Group C, and Czech Republic. This would so be, else. yeah, it would be perfect because Path C. Um, it's Norway versus Serbia and Scotland yeah. versus Israel. Yeah. Imagine. I think it's a one-game thing, so it's mm -hmm. a one-leg system. We had, me and you had a ticket for the whole leg. Um, yeah. Remember? Um, they're sitting down in my cupboard downstairs, so hopefully it, goes, <laughs> it just goes ahead. But I've got two tickets for that downstairs. Uh, I think Scotland will to be Israel at home. I've seen us do it before. I can see it be Israel at home, but yeah. I don't think we'll make the group. No, I think um, you know Norway have have Haaland and Odegaard, and but then I think Serbia is just a, a very well-rounded team. Yeah, I, I I would say I would think Serbia would be able to beat Norway, and then I unfortunately I think they'd beat Scotland. See, I think it'd be Norway. Yeah, do you think so? Yeah, I think their attack's too good. They got Josh. And Odegaard behind them. Yeah, if they like, if their big players can step up. Yeah. Then it could be I would obviously like to see Scotland go all the way. Um, I think this extra year might actually help us. We've got a lot of players kind of coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, so we are who's it? We're close to. We've got obviously Billy Gilmore starting to show more at Chelsea. The hope is is that he might get a loan to another Premier League club or something and really start to make ground. Uh, McTominay, of course, is starting to come through a bit more. Apparently, we're approaching Ryan Fredericks at West Ham to play fullback, and um, we're uh, and there's a player who plays for Livingston, a guy called Lyndon Dykes. Ah, uh, yeah, for yeah. I mean, there's a big thing about him on Twitter today, but we won't get into that. Um, 
but he would be kind of, I think, perfect for us up front. He's not of some well-known name in the world, but he plays, he's very big, very powerful, and I think he's the exact person we need to tie up. Because we do have good threats. Uh, Ryan Fraser, Ryan Christie, uh, we've got James Forrest, John McGinn, we just need someone up top to kind of tie it all together. And obviously centre-backs, but centre-backs are a different issue. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we do have a decent team. Yeah. Uh, and we do have the capability to be able to beat both on one leg each. Whether we do or not, it's up to whether we play like Scotland or we actually play like a decent team. <laughs> yeah, it will be uh, an interesting thing to see. But It would be fantastic to make it because uh, obviously oh, yeah, for sure. we we'll get to play England in the Euros. I was going to say, Group D. England, yeah, Croatia, Czech Republic. I mean, let's say for the sake of podcast, Scotland do make it. Mm-hmm. What's your predictions for that? That that four. Um, Croatia first, England second, and the, the Czechs third, <laughs> and then Scotland fourth. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then that's the podcast done for today. Thank you for tuning in. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have to kind of agree. I think actually England group, uh, Croatia. Maybe some, good, some revenge over Croatia though for them. They've been aging at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, Rakitic doesn't really play much for Barca. They're talking again rid of him anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Modric is still class. Mandzukic is left Juventus. He doesn't play top football anymore. And then the rest of the team are just kind of. Man, they played well together, but there was no standouts without the three standouts really much. Um, All right, fair enough, yeah. So I think I'm going to win that group. I say through gritted teeth. Um, Uh, Let's go for England, one. I would say Croatia second, though, just because I love to appear, and then I'm going to say Scotland third for more dignity and check the public four. All right, let's agree on that. Uh, That would mean we'd have to have won a game in a major tournament, which is a big ask for Scotland. But you never know. By then, Billy Gilmore might be the next Luka Modric. <laughs> well, let's hope for it then. Let's hope, yeah. Let's hope, let's hope. I mean, you never know. You never know what talent we've got coming through. I mean, We have the best left-backs in the world, so... Uh, yeah. Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney. In fact, he could play centre-backs. We've also got that. You have to like find a way to, to, put, like, to use both of them, really. Well, the other hope is if Leeds get promoted, they've got a centre-back, uh, Liam Cooper. Mm-hmm. Who's their kind of mainstay at the back? So the hope is he'll get some Premier League experience and become very good for us at the back, and we could potentially play him and um, Tierney in centre back with Randy Robertson on the left and on the right. Probably, I don't actually know who played the right. Uh, we played Liam Palmer there, the Sheffield Wednesday right back. Honestly, uh, I have to admit that I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, Liam Palmer. Mm-hmm. He's Sheffield Wednesday, right back. It's all right. Wasn't yeah, yeah. really that special, but just he's someone relatively solid. Everyone's every team's got an unknown player. It's the best Scotland squad, I think. Yeah, in a good while coming through at the minute. Uh, goalkeeper are a bit let down on, but what can you do? Uh, the next group now we're stopping now is to get me over the, the pain of talking about Scotland's national team. Um, group E, we have Sweden, Spain. Poland and the playoff winner of 
Group B, which is Bosnia versus Northern Ireland and Slovakia versus Republic of Ireland. Thanks. Yeah, so path B is also quite an interesting one because Bosnia um, is a very tricky team to play, like very physical and very, you know, uh, like rough, really. And then Northern oh. Ireland, who were the team that were in the, the group with the Netherlands, and they were the ones who got the most um, complaints about them because of their way of playing. Um, the Dutch were oh. really, really not a fan of the Northern Irish team. Very, very defensive, let's just say that. And they have Slovakia and Ireland. Um, yeah, same thing. Um, Slovakia is a, also quite an interesting, interesting team. They they had with Marek Hamsik a very uh, good player. I, I mean, I've kind of lost track of him because he's in he China. He plays now. in China, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ireland is still, you know, the, the supporters really. That's that's why you want them to be there. I mean, for me again, personal. Connotations would want me to have the Republic of Ireland there. Mm-hmm. I do like Irish and part Irish myself, so I would like to see them there. But it's a hard one to call. Yeah. Um, Slovakia do have some good players, though. Yeah, they're they're quite a quite a decent side, and um, the same goes for Bosnia. They're quite kind of like two teams where you're kind of you know. Kind of left in the dark yeah. with what to predict. You know, in Bosnia, they have um, Handanovic in goal and then Pjanic, um, Dzeko. So there's quite a few notable names for Bosnia still who are active. Well, it's the same with Slovakia. They've got Milan Skirmer uh, into Milan. Yeah, yeah. And they still have Skirtl. Uh, they play they've got yeah. Kuka. And Dubravka, is he Slovakian or Czech? Dubravka, I think he's Czech. I'm not quite sure though. No, no, he's not. Martin Dubovka is Slovakian. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, uh, excellent goal goalkeeper there. as well, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, there'll be a bunch of players that. Uh, it's always the same with Slovakia, etc. There's a player that comes to these international tournaments, these European tournaments that everyone goes, oh, who's he? Yeah, yeah. He's great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's always the fun in these international tournaments that you like discover players from from these countries and you're like, ah, oh, all right. Uh, there's always at least one Ukrainian in Slovenia. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, out of these four, um, who would you, who would you back to, to get into the group E? My heart says I own, my head says Bosnia. Uh, I was thinking Bosnia as well, um, but for the sake of it, I'll go Slovakia. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the rest of the group, if I were to play out with Bosnia in it, or because your head says Bosnia too, it's okay if I put Bosnia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. So, assuming Bosnia make it, we would go. What, what position would you put the the group in then? It's also quite a tricky group because you have Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Bosnia. Yeah. Um, which I think, if you'd had to guess, like rationally, you would say Spain number one, um, Poland two. And then yeah. it's either Sweden or Bosnia for third, um, which could, yeah. it's it's very very tight um, between those two. So, but yeah, let's just say Spain one, Poland two. Definitely hardest yet. Yeah. Um, I I have to put emphasis on the yet because Group F will be. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. I agree. I put Spain first, Poland second. Probably Sweden third, Bosnia fourth. Sweden had a run in the World Cup, of course. Got yeah. by England. Yeah, let's not forget. Uh, fairly decent rounded squad, although aging. 
some of the star players are starting to get a bit okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, on to the, the certain group of death. So playoff winner have either A or D, which are the same ones as we mentioned for Group C. I'll run through them again in a minute. Portugal, France and Germany. Yeah, and basically the reason Germany are here is because of their uh, bad performances the few years before. Because they yeah, kind of yeah. like dropped a few uh, in the dropped a few places in the rankings, um, yeah. but no, certainly the group of death and Germany are like working on a resurgence with a lot yeah. of younger players coming in. And um, definitely, I mean France, arguably the best team in the world still. Um, Portugal, yeah. who won the nations the league, yeah. and uh, have uh, the current holders of the Euros and have won the nations league against the Netherlands again, in the final. Everyone thinks Portugal's just Ronaldo, but you see when you look at their team, Bruno Fernandes, I mentioned him earlier. Yeah, yeah. Ruben Neves. And they have a Pereira. very good team as well. Yeah, defence is good. The only thing I'm missing out maybe is centre-backs, but Pepe could still do a shift, and um, another one that plays Diaz, I believe, but they can maybe put a full-back in there, only to see. Yeah. But, yeah, Portugal good. Um, so, we said Kosovo in Group C, just for your... You're sick, so we'll say Romania and Group F just for easy. So it was, by the way, just to remind people, um, Path A was Bulgaria versus Hungary and Iceland versus Romania. Mm-hmm. Path Georgia versus Belarus and North Macedonia versus Kosovo. We said in Group C, Kosovo, just because the ties went to the easier group. <laughs> um, so we're going to put, because we thought in the Path A, Romania would win it, so we're going to put them in Group F just to make things bad for them, really. Mm-hmm. Um Matthias the bad man. Yeah, poor Romania, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We talk about how they're making a resurgence in football, etc., and you go and do that to them. I mean, but, they have uh, to like, learn some way, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But that's probably the most difficult one. Yeah, I have absolutely what no clue say? what to say here. Um, the only thing I'm certain about is Romania number four. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know what? I'm, I'm just going for uh, for a shock. I'm going to put Thra- uh, France, yeah, France, third. France, third? Yeah. You hit your head? Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, for a shock, yeah, I think um, I think it could be interesting. I'd, I'd say that they maybe uh, have lost their, you know, their vibe. But uh, well, I, I honestly, honestly I have absolutely no clue. If France were to put a second team, I reckon they still get it. Like, France... Their squad depth is insane. Yeah, but who knows? It's it's like still one of those tournaments, and in the World Cup, yeah, everyone yeah, predicted yeah. Germany to do well. I think I I, I can't get. I think I think France are gonna. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I would say yeah, we'll get to that point. But I think France will win that group. Mm-hmm. After that, it's a toss up between Portugal and Germany. But kind of have to flip a coin on that one. Heart says Portugal, head says Germany. The likes of uh, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, etc. I think carry Germany a bit. Yeah, shall we uh, go for the head? Yeah, go Germany. Although I would like to see Portugal do well, but I think Germany will win that one. So let's Portugal say, third, yeah. Romania fourth. Okay, let, let's go with yours. Uh, I'm completely fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I wasn't expecting that. I thought you were a controversial you know, Portugal win, France second. Nah, I mean... No, I sometimes you so, know, um, mix it up. We do have the entire bracket here, but this will be too complicated to figure out. Yeah. Um, so we'll just skip to the final. 
Dolan will be there, but who do you think will win it? Netherlands. Is that your head or your heart saying that? No, that's definitely my heart. Um, oh, yeah, like, I think we discussed it before, and we kind of both agreed on France, and then I kind of threw that under the bus by saying they would finish. You just said third. you didn't think they'd get their group. Yeah, no, that's why. <laughs> like, I'm kind of inconsistent right now. <laughs> yeah, you're all over the shop at times, man. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just following my heart, man. I don't know. Um, but no, um, France, um, Germany, I could see them both get very far. Also, England. Ah, damn. This is very difficult. I think the semi final places, providing the sets, will be consistent of the Netherlands, England. France and probably Germany or Spain mm-hmm. or Italy. In fact, I'd put Italy over Spain. Yeah, yeah. Italy had a good uh, run, but I think the winners will be France. The eventual winners will be France. I think their squad's just far too good. Oh, honestly, I wouldn't you know, be surprised. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I you get just... slept on, but Hugo Lloris is a fantastic goalie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would just hope to see the Netherlands, you know, go as far as as we can, you know. I can see the Netherlands make it to the final. I think England the semis, but I don't think England actually to win it. Yeah. I think, you know, if they did, it'd be a bit of a fluke. Yeah, and honestly, and this isn't just me speaking from Scotland. This is me speaking from... There's too many... See if you compare their squad to Germany or France or Italy. Even Italy, yeah. It's not that strong. Yeah. It's not that strong. They've got... They've not got a strong goalie. Probably the best option they've got is Dean Henderson, who's okay. He's not exactly a world beater compared to Hugo Lloris or, you know, Manuel Neuer. Do you know? Yeah. Um, That's or, the only thing that we're lacking as well in the Netherlands. And no a really right winger. Standard goalkeeper, yeah. True. England. I think England, they have a lot of good players, but they're all in the one area. Mm-hmm. I also don't think strikers are really that sorted for. I mean, um, Harry Kane. I don't rate him that highly personally. Rashford. Yeah, he doesn't even does he play striker for Man United? Not play. Yeah, no, I mean, true. Right, I mean Rashford's all right, but is he as good as Mbappe? No. Is he as good as Depay? Um, the Bayern is, is prime, no. Is he as good as Werner? Uh, no, definitely not. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, I just don't think they're squad. I think there's, there's a bit of a mix of Premier League hype around them. Mm-hmm. But I think when you actually map out their squad, it's not that great. Defensively, they're not that strong. Their best defender is Harry Maguire, who's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> he's such a meme as well, that man. <laughs> yeah, right back Alexander Arnold. He's a fantastic guy. He's world class, world class right back right there. But the rest of the defence is not class. Mm-hmm. The midfield is a world class. In a few years, yes. Right now, no. It's going to be interesting though, because I think if if all their players develop, um, you know, they could cause quite the upset. But I don't see them winning it. Let's say that. No, I don't. I think France will win it. Their squad is just far too good. Yeah, I can hardly disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, if you, you can't really pick a bad area with them, can you? 
Uh, even with the Germans, you can pick some bad areas, you know. Centre-back wise, are that strong? Yeah, they, they have like, uh, you know, like a few years ago, you would say the German centre-backs are some of the best in the world. But right now, they're, you know, ageing. and Yeah. Yeah. It's not really... Yeah, I mean, a lot of the squad, there's even like Neuer, he's getting a bit older. He's older. He's getting older. Yeah. But he still like pulls off the occasional wonder save. Yeah, yeah, but he's not what he used to be. So, I, I mean, yeah, I just think France have the best squad. Of course, it's a tournament. It's a knockout tournament. Anything can happen. But talking purely from my head, I'd say France will win the tournament. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with you on that one then. Um, I'll just like take back my statement of knocking them <laughs> out. You know, I was just I was just going for like the the sensation and the. the, the drama. Sorry, you can you can entertain. You're there to No, no, I'm leaving it in. I'm going to, you know, be transparent and I can expose myself whenever I want. <laughs> That's all right. But let's uh, let's see. The 11th of July, 2021, the final in London. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like, it'll be good. It'll be good to have. I mean, there's a few games in Glasgow. Is there any in the Netherlands? Yeah, there's a, a few in Amsterdam. Um, I know that. It's in the in the group stages. Um, I don't think there's. Oh wait, there's one in the round of sixteen. Um, the runner-up of Group A against the runner-up of Group B. So who was that going to be? Yeah. I should check. Uh, so Group A, our runner-up was Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah, and then Switzerland, yeah, and Denmark, according to us. B, uh, yeah, according to us, that'd be the case for Glasgow. Uh, winner of Group E and. Third group A B C D. <laughs> so it could be anyone. <laughs> so there's also like a few third placed uh, nations that will go through to the next round. Third of any of the four. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, the, so like the few best third. So our winner of group E was Spain. Mm -hmm. Against who knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, potentially Scotland actually went third in Group D. That's on the the 29th on my birthday as well. On the 29th, you can come to Glasgow to watch Scotland versus Spain. On our way to the on the way to Billy Gilmore and London Dykes. I take back France. Scotland are going to win the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's agree on that one. <laughs> cool. That's fine then. At least we're in agreement. So in our regular segment, we discuss a club highlight, an obscure giant of football. Um, uh, this week for myself, I'm going to talk about Dundee United. So we've gone back so, to, to Scotland again. Back, back to Scotland, yeah. Um, so Dundee United, I wonder if you can guess where they play Dundee. They play at Tannadice Park. Ooh. Um, they, which is actually interesting because rival Dundee playing the same street as them. Yeah, yeah I've seen the, the, the photos from, from the sky and it's it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, they were founded in 1909, so quite late in Scottish terms. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the, the, you might wonder why they're notable in terms of club giant-wise when they've only ever won one Scottish Premier League title. They've well, only ever won two Scottish Cups and two League Cups. So maybe thinking they're not that big. Well, it's still not if you look at it in that front. But in terms of Europe, they've been the runners-up in the UEFA Cup 
and the semi-finals in the European Cup in mm-hmm. 83-84. But this is the biggest part, all right? So, they're the only team in which FC Barcelona have played and not beaten. No. Barcelona have played uh, Dundee United four times and not won any of the four times. That's a very interesting record to, to hold as a club. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then, um, you know, beyond that, in terms of past the tangible titles, etc., they, they have a big fan base. They're, they are a premiership level club in Scotland. They've been, been through some tough times in the last few years of went into the championship. They stayed there for a while, um, providing hearts don't stop it with court action, they will be promoted again. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Um, but, yeah, they're um, they're just they're a big club. They're a big stadium with a big fan base. Uh, they've got some good stats behind them in terms of the Barcelona thing. They've had some good European runs. And yeah, I just generally believe that they should be higher up, even in the Scottish game. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, I think generally, I just want to reserve Scottish football back to the 60s when Scottish football clubs are very good in Europe. Yeah, we'll see it happen. But yeah, that's Dundee United. That's why I think they're a slippery giant. Uh, that's a very, a very interesting uh, statistic there. Yeah, Dundee United, the Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear that every day. They're the only unbeaten team, so... I don't see that, that record being broken anytime soon. No, I mean, it's a new team would have to play them and beat them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would be difficult to do, but uh, yeah. Matthijs, who's your sleeping giant? Well, on to uh, the Netherlands for mine, and um, as people probably have known, like at this point, I support PSV. Um, but there's another totally. team in, in the city of Eindhoven, mm-hmm. and it's FC Eindhoven, um, who were also founded in 1909, so just like Dundee United. And um, it's a very interesting team as well, because the, the contrast with PSV is, is huge, but it used, uh, used to not be that way. Um, in 1909, FC Eindhoven was founded, and four years later, PSV were founded. So FC Eindhoven are the older, the older team. Oh. Um, in 1955, no, 1954-55, the the Dutch league, the Dutch football system, was professional for the first time. The year before, FC Eindhoven won their first ever uh, league title, so they won the the Dutch league in 1954 it was the year before dutch football became professional huh. and they won the the dutch cup in 1937 so also a long time ago so their their main uh main things to note came uh, a long time ago like uh, way before me and rory were both born yeah uh, another interesting thing to note is the last time FC Eindhoven were promoted to the Eredivisie uh, was in 1975. Ever since the relegation in 1977, they have been in the Dutch Championship, which is a record in Dutch football. Yeah, they've been there a good while anyway. Yeah, yeah, they've been there a very long time. And um, there were a few occasions where it looked like they were going to go up to the Eredivisie again. Because they're they're one of like the 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 founding few members of like the the highest uh, division, um, 
but at that point like oh it didn't really work out um or they just didn't get enough points or in like the weird like playoffs they get after the season um they just weren't like stepping up to you know to you know good to, to be good enough and they've had a few um instances where it looked like they were going to go bankrupt and there was no future for the club but then like the the supporters um stepped up and came in with some money uh right now they're like a very you know team that works with with many young players tries to sign players from um teams that that have had some troubles in the past and try to sign players that have had some troubles in the past that other teams try to like work them up again and it's just a very interesting club um the blue whites from eindhoven mm -hmm. which we've uh, both visited together actually we have yeah the Jan Lovers. yeah it's a very uh you know small and communal club right now but it used to not be this way um they used to be probably the biggest team from eindhoven and many of the the old supporters still remember it that way yeah, I mean, you know, see though, there isn't really a rival. Yeah, the I mean, for the older generation and for the really die-hard FC Eindhoven supporter, the the big rival is PSV. But because the oh. teams have not played a competitive game for such a long time, it kind of died down, and you can see many PSV supporters um, coming to watch FC Eindhoven on Friday. And like it's it's become a, a very close knit atmosphere, and there's been many cooperations between the two teams with PSV helping out FC Eindhoven. Also, in the time where it looked like they were going to get bankrupt, PSV stepped in financially as well, and um, next season gave them like five six players on loan. That should be the way. That's the way it should be, though. Yeah, yeah. So the the cooperation is is quite quite good between the two teams, and there's not really a real. Um, like intense rivalry between the two there's still like a like the older generation of fc eindhoven supporters calls psv phillips because you know the phillips sports club that's what psv stands for oh, that's yeah, what psv yeah. is and they, they don't really say the name psv they just call them phillips well what is the full name for psv it's um phillips sports united or in dutch uh phillips sport vereniging yeah so it's like the the name Philip because Philips founded PSV, so the name is literally in you know connected with the club. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it's I think they're a nice team with a nice ground and good history. But I think it would be nice to see them kind of make a. Do you see it coming anytime soon? Uh, next few years probably not, but they've like they want to there's like this desire and they've made all these business plans but they've made them in years before as well and yeah they just need to yeah, get their youth academy back up and running again because they've recently started with the youth academy again and you just need to be able to sell and invest in the club in the infrastructure in the stadium in the players and it just needs to be be a bit more professional but if they can manage that uh, i think it would be very interesting to see them back in the top flight again Definitely. Yeah, it would be nice to see them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Will it happen? I'm not so sure. Um, would I like it? Uh, yes, definitely. You'd love it. It would be really cool. Yeah, for sure. Because both PSV and FC Eindhoven are close to my heart. 
because I've probably seen as much FCI Eindhoven games as I've seen PSV games. And I've had uh, some work experience at FCI Eindhoven doing uh, social media and marketing. So, you know, it would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, it'd be good. Well, if you made it all the way here to our fourth podcast, we are available on Spotify, Google, Apple, and SoundCloud, and Anchor FM. And if you can, please leave us a rating and tell us what you thought. Online, you can find us on the following social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a like or a follow if you want. And this will be the place where we will first announce a new podcast and give other updates around the world of football. We hope you enjoyed our fourth episode, and if you did, hopefully you'll return again next week. Have a great week, and we'll be back soon. See ya.